Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome once again to another service, whether in person or not. I just want to welcome you. Wow, what a week we had. Lots of snow on Monday. And for the very first time on Tuesday, luckily I had a snow shovel in my car because I had to dig my way into this building. Um, That's the only way you could get in. And so um, that's how high the snow was. But we survived, and we're glad you are here, those of you in person And those of you watching on your screens at home, wherever you may be, uh, we want to welcome you. Uh, My wife is out of town this week visiting our grandbaby, and I want to just mention that I dressed myself today, and I think I did a pretty good job without her help. Um, So I'm just really excited about that um, this morning. Probably one of the things that we ponder, one of the things that we maybe wonder about, as we move into a new year, is what's next? What's next? Certainly, as one year closes and we move into another year, we often wonder what this next year will bring us. And certainly, in the midst of a pandemic, 22 months now, 22 months along, will this virus ever end? And so today, I want to take a look at something I want to take a look at what God's plan is for your life, for our lives, what he, maybe what God is up to, and how we can operate and work and discover for ourselves how we find ourselves in the plan of God. And I believe there are some very unique and powerful principles that are contained in God's word that if we embrace these, we can have a life that walks in fulfillment and in success. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 8 says, If you live a long time, don't take a single day for granted. Take delight in each light-filled hour, remembering that there will also be many dark days, and the most of what comes your way is nothing but smoke. God says, this is what God is saying. God says that the the life that we have, the life that we live, was meant to be enjoyed, not just endured. And unfortunately, and the sad truth is, that most people really don't enjoy life. Oh yes, there are moments of happiness, but they don't enjoy life as a whole. Oh, there are moments of happiness when you're shopping and got a new pair of shoes, or you're eating some chocolate and drinking some coffee, or you've bought something fresh and new. Yes, you're happy and you have a moment of happiness. But for the most part, the sad truth is most people don't enjoy life. And the simple answer is this, because we don't live in a way in which God intended us to live life. We waste our life on wrong activities, we use our life for wrong purposes, and as a result, we don't really enjoy the life that God intended for us. You see, the fact is, God has never made anything without a purpose behind it. He has a reason for everything. He made you and He made me for a reason. For a specific purpose. In fact, in Colossians chapter 1 verse 16, it says, For everything, absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in Him. 
Everything got tired. And it finds its purpose in him. So if you want to live life and a life of enjoyment and a life that, that, that was meant to be lived to the fullest in 2022, you've got to do a couple of things. Number one, you must understand the bottom line in your life and my life must be the bottom line. There are some principles that you need to embrace moving forward in order to have an exceptional year. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is you must build your life around these principles. And that's what we're going to talk about. What are these principles? What are these reminders that are so important so that we may be able to live life to the complete, full enjoyment that God wants us to to live? Here are the four principles. And I just want to submit to you that the tendency in all of us is to forget these four biblical principles and then we move back into living a life that is mundane and in a rut and sometimes even boring. The first principle is this. If you want to move forward and have an exceptional year in 2022, the first principle you've got to embrace is you need to be a friend with God. You need to be a friend with God. You were made, and I was made, all of us were made to have a loving relationship with God. To enjoy a loving relationship with God. God wants us to know Him. He wants to have friendship with us. See, none of us chose to be born. Some of you maybe even had heard that through your parents that you were an accident. But can I tell you this? God planned you. God planned you. I don't care who your parents were. I don't care if your parents were good or they were bad. God took two people who He knew had the exact genetic DNA makeup that He needed to make you. And so he used those people, whether they were great parents or not great parents. God used these two people to make you so that he could love you and for you to be loved by him. Ephesians chapter 1. Notice what the Bible says. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. In other words, this verse is telling me that God took the initiative. In fact, you wouldn't know God. And I wouldn't know God unless God took the initiative. You you can never earn God's initiative. You can never earn God's love. You don't even deserve God's love. You can't even buy God's love. But he he established this relationship with you because he made you and he loves you just the way you are. And he wants to have a relationship with you. I guess what I'm saying is that simply that God wants a relationship with you while on earth, but it goes beyond that. Most of us know you only live on this planet for maybe 50, 60, 70 years. If you're really lucky, maybe 80, 90 years. But God is thinking more in advance of that. More than just living on this planet, God wants a relationship not just on this planet, but for the millions and billions and trillions of years, He wants to have a relationship with us for the rest of eternity. 
That's an amazing. We need to have that perspective. It's not just while we here are here on this planet. God wants a relationship and you are loved in that relationship that extends beyond your life here on this planet for the rest of eternity. And that is amazing. You are made to have a loving relationship with God. And yet, unfortunately, there are people who say, I don't know if there is a God. Listen, if you ever encounter that kind of a statement, listen, there is no God, I want to tell you that if there was no God, then life wouldn't matter. You, would, you are simply then a complex germ. You are nothing but a freak of nature. And, and if you're just an accident where the genetic material happened to come together and it was just a pure random chance that you were born, then life doesn't have any meaning. Your life doesn't have any significance. There's no value to life. You're just a chance in society. You're just a chance in nature. It's impossible to be an atheist and believe that human beings have dignity. Because there is no dignity if you're just a lump. If you're just some matter put together by chance. Listen, it's only because there is a loving creator who thoughtfully and wonderfully and creatively thought of you before you were even born that your life has meaning and that your life has value. You were made to have a loving relationship with God. I love, I love what President Reagan, former President Reagan used to say. He used to say, whenever I meet an atheist, I'm always tempted to invite him over for a magnificent gourmet dinner. And after that dinner is over, to ask them, do you believe there was a cook? It takes more faith not to believe in God than to believe in God. To think randomly that this all just happened. No, there was a designer. There was a creator who behind the scenes created you and gave you and gave you a place and a purpose in this world. You've got to remember that. If you want to be a successful and have a wonderful, powerful, dynamic 2022, you've got to remember that principle. The second principle is, as we move forward into this year, we need to experience relationship with others. God wants a relationship with us, but we also need to have relationship with others. That means you were not meant to go through this life on your own. You were meant to have relationship with other people. As God lives in relationship within Himself, in the triune God, the Trinity, between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and since you were made in the image of God, we are not made to live on our alone, but we are made to live in relationship. First with God and second with others. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 says, God who settled the relationship between us and Him, and then called us, now notice this, to settle our relationship with each other. Too often, as we live life, too often we take relationships for granted as if, if there's something that we have to squeeze into our schedule. We need to make time for relationship. We need to fit relationships into our schedule. You know, the first thing 
that God said to man in the Garden of Eden had to do with relationship. God made Adam, he put him in this wonderful, perfect paradise called the Garden of Eden, and everything was great there. There was no problem, there were no problems, there, were no, there was no pain, there was no pressure, there was no sorrow, there was no sickness. It, this Garden of Eden was a perfect, perfect environment. Yet the first thing that God says to Adam, in this wonderful place, this Garden of Eden, there's something not good here. That's the first thing that God said. There is something not good here. He says, it is not good for man to be alone. Even in paradise, God says, it is not good for you to be alone. Nothing can take the place of relationship. Fame can't. Wealth can't. Success can't. Prestige can't. Try being the wealthiest person in the world and have no friends. And see how long you will manage and how much you like that. Life doesn't matter without relationships. It's not about acquisition. It's not about achievement. Because all, one day all achievements will be forgotten. And one day all of the trophies and all the accumulation of stuff are going to be trashed. But what's going to last is relationship. I remember, I remember, and I still do watch this, this program. It's on reality television on the History Channel. It's called Alone. And Alone, this program Alone, documents the daily struggle of 10 individual people as they survive alone in the wilderness with a limited amount of survival equipment, They have to create their own food. There are no guns allowed. And here's the kicker. These ten individuals are isolated from each other and from all other human beings. The minimum closest person within their environment is at least, at minimum, eight kilometers away. The longest surviving person in this reality show called Alone, the longest surviving person among the ten, receives $500,000. And if a person lasts 100 days alone, they will receive $1 million. In eight seasons, in eight seasons, only one person has ever made it to 100 days. Most people... Most people last between 30 and 40 days being absolutely and completely alone with no other contact with a human being. Only one person in eight years that this program has been running made it to 100 days. All I'm saying is we need to understand and we need to be reminded of today that we cannot exist without relationship. We know this. And that's why we're reminding us today. We, we know this. We instinctively know this. And when we, where it really comes out where we instinctively know this is when we encounter a crisis in life. When there's a funeral, when there's a death, 
When someone is near death in the hospital, all of a sudden we get very focused on what matters most in life. And we begin to think, and we maybe even say, I should have spent more time with them. I wish I had said this, or I wish I had done that. I wish I would have told them this. But because we're busy, because we get distracted by less things, we miss out on opportunities to cultivate relationship. For us, that means, listen to me this morning, listen, for us that means we need to get up every morning and pray like this. We need to pray this prayer every morning. God, whether I get anything else done today or not, whether at work or at school or wherever and whenever I am, whether I get anything else done today on my agenda, I want to make absolutely sure Today, that somebody knows, that somebody will know my love for them today. I don't know, if you do that and you encounter that kind of prayer in your life, don't wait till the very end of life. Don't wait till somebody is in the hospital. But make it a priority in life where things become unnecessary. So that you can experience and show love and build a relationship with another person. Galatians chapter 5 verse 14 says these words. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. This my friends is an important concept that God says not once. Not twice, not three times, but nine times in the Bible, God says these words. In fact, Jesus summarized the entire Bible in this one statement when he said, love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And what Jesus is simply saying is, get the message, church. Get the message, people. If you want to walk in the wholeness and fullness and dynamic power of living a super life that is filled with incredible joy. Relationships is what life is all about. It matters. It matters for you to engage in relationship. And here's a third reminder in 2022. If we want to move forward and have an exceptional year, here's the third reminder. The third principle. Develop your character. Develop your character. Romans chapter 8 verse 29. God knew what He was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love Him along the same lines as the life of His Son. The Son stands first in line of humanity He restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in Him. This verse, when you read this verse, this distinguishes us from the animal kingdom. This is what makes us different from animals. Dogs are not made in the image of of God. Dogs and cats are not made in the image of God. Only humans are made in the image of God. But we got it messed up. The image of God got messed up in our lives. It's called sin. 
But Jesus came back to restore that image. And that's what this verse in Romans is describing. While sin destroyed the image of God in our life, Jesus wants to make us back into the image of God. God wants to make you and He wants to make me like Himself. He wants to make us godly. What does that mean? It means that God wants you to have the character of God in your life. The same characters, the same character that formulates who God is, He wants that image to be implanted in your life. God is loving. God is fair. God is truthful. God is kind. God is sensitive. God is always just. And He wants us to embrace those characters, those characteristics, as He is into our lives. Can you imagine for a moment what next year would be like in your life if you responded or reacted with the characteristics of God exemplified in Christ? How you would respond to problems and stresses and situations, or maybe even in the way you talk. I sometimes wonder if our problems would become fewer. I sometimes wonder if our stress levels would be lessened, and how we would respond to people if we truly walked in the character of God that He wants to develop in our lives. See, when you understand this third principle, how God wants to build character in our lives, into my life, into your life, all of a sudden, what begins to happen is life begins to take on a new meaning. And you begin to look at every circumstance that you encounter during the days with new eyes. Because listen, every situation that you face coming into this new year, in the next however many 300 days that we still have left in this year, you can learn from those situations By asking the question, if you had the character of God in your life, you could ask the question, how would Jesus respond to this situation that I am currently facing? How would Jesus respond to my life at work or at home, in my neighborhood or in my school? What would Jesus do in this situation? How would Jesus react? How would Jesus respond? What would He say? What would He think? How would He engage how would we how would he go through the process of dealing with this situation see there is no situation in life that we can't learn from when we say i wonder i wonder how i can become more like christ how can i become more godly in character through my circumstance Is God going to have to teach us patience this next year? Is God going to have to teach us to be more unselfish? Can God teach us with all kinds of new character qualities that sometimes we lose when we endure problems or when we experience pain or when we go through difficult times? Things that would normally discourage us and depress us. How can we respond to our circumstance with a godly, character and here's the last principle the last principle of moving forward to an exceptional year is we need to learn to express our abilities i don't know if you know this but god has wired each of us 
in a certain way where you are a very unique individual. In fact, there's only one of you in the world. There is no one else in the world like you who has your strengths and your weaknesses. Your personality, your background, your habits, your weaknesses, your strengths, your talents, your gifts, your abilities. There is no one else in the world that is completely, totally, 100% you except you. And God enjoys watching you be you. God enjoys His creation. He enjoys humanity. He enjoys the expression of the gifts and the abilities and the colorfulness and the dynamic creativity of humans. Just as much as He enjoys watching fish be fish as they swim in the ocean, some fast, some slow, some beautiful, some ugly. God enjoys the birds in the sky. He enjoys watching them soar. He enjoys them twittering. He enjoys all the birdly things that birds do. And God enjoys watching us because we are His creation. And He wired us and He put that unique DNA inside you to make you just the way He wanted you to be. Some of you are very neat and very organized. Some of you are very messy and disorganized. We all have weaknesses and we all have strength. And the reason we all have weaknesses is because God wants us to know God wants us to know that we need each other. In my weakness, I need your strengths. Because if you only had strengths and you were completely 100% perfect, you wouldn't need anybody in your life. So your weaknesses will cause you to need other people in order for you to survive in this world and to build relationships. God has wired us so wonderfully and in such a unique way. And He wants us to take the deposits of His good graces in our lives and He wants us to take those abilities that He has placed within each of us and He wants us to use them for His honor and glory. Scientific studies have shown that the average human being has at least 700 identifiable skills and abilities. Now some of those skills and abilities may just be in seed form in your life. But He has given us a vast storehouse of incredible gifts and abilities. Have you ever wondered, as you looked at some people in their skill set, and you wonder to yourself, how do they do that? I don't know how they went through that and how they accomplished that. I don't know how they put all that skill together and how they maneuvered and finished and did this wonderful career. I have no clue how they did that. The reason we look on other people like that is because of God's unique abilities in every one of their lives. And He wants to bring 
those abilities out into the open and to the surface in our own personal lives. You see, God didn't give any person the abilities and the gifts for selfish purposes. He, hasn't, he has given people music abilities and artistic abilities and some people have speaking abilities and others have thinking abilities and others have planning abilities and others have physical abilities where they can construct incredible things. He gave those abilities to people in order for his ministry and kingdom to move forward. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Look at this. Look at this verse. For we are God's masterpiece. Put your name into that verse. You are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 12, verse 6 through verse 8, notice these words. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. You see, friends, whenever you use your talent, Whenever you use your ability, whatever you are good at, whatever you do to help others, you not only bring pleasure into their lives, you are also making the world a better place. And my friends, that is called ministry. And the Bible says that every single person is a ministry. Why? Is a minister. Why? Because God has gifted all of us. He has deposited in each one of our lives unique gifts, unique abilities, unique talents in order that we may help people and therein minister to others, bring encouragement into their lives. One day all of us are going to stand before God and we're going to have to give an account of our lives. We're going to have to give an account of the abilities that God has given to you and how you use those abilities. Did you suppress them? Did you hide them? Or did you help develop them? Did you get discouraged and did you quit? Did you say, I'm not good at this and I'm not good at that and just stop? I'm just not good enough as a person and just do nothing? I guess what I'm trying to say, friends, this morning is this. You and I, if we want to have a wonderful, productive, incredible 2022, we need to understand this important principle. You were put on this earth, and I was put on this earth to be a contributor. You were not put on this earth to be a spectator and to watch everyone else serve you. You and I... Because we're going to stand before God one day. You and I were put on this earth to be a participator. We were put on this earth not to be a consumer, but to be one who exercises our unique giftings and our unique talents so that the ministry of the church of Jesus Christ can continue to flourish and grow. Acts chapter 20, verse 24 says, But my life is worth nothing unless 
I or we, notice this, notice this, my life is worth nothing to me unless I or we use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And in this new year, as we are at the very front end of a new year, and God does this every single year to every generation of every year, God is looking for men and women, young adults, children, who are courageous enough to say, I want God's purposes in my life to be fulfilled more than anything else. More than pleasure, more than possession, more than prestige, more than position, more than power. I want more than anything else for God's purposes to be fulfilled in my life. I want to do with my life what I was put on this planet to do. And the only way that you can do that is to walk in the abilities and in the passions that God has placed into your life. And the question is, will you be one of these people in 2022? Right now, we've got a whole year in front of us. There are 339 days left in 2022. 339 days. And the question is, are you going to be any different at the end of this year? Or are you going to be the same person that you were or are at the start of this year? Are you just going to repeat the same patterns, the same habits, year after year, that you've done for the last four or five years? Are you just going to continue to do the same old stuff where there's no change, where there's no difference? Or are you going to make a choice today where you say, I want this year to be different. I want to live on a different dimension. I want to move forward in this new dynamic. I want to walk in the success and in the fullness that God has for my life. Can I submit to you as I close that without engaging these four principles that I talked about today, can I submit to you that your life may become susceptible to aimlessness, to boredom, to discouragement, indecision, maybe even depression. Your life, if you don't engage these four biblical principles in 2022, you're not going to have clarity in your life and no clear direction. But when you focus on, listen, when you focus on these four principles and you understand and you embrace them and they become a part of your life, I want to submit to you that your life will be forever changed in a, into a new dynamic. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and verse 17. I'm going to close with this. So be careful how you live. Notice this encouragement. Notice these words. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do.
As I close, this verse that we just read is encouraging us to do two things. Number one, it's encouraging us to start now. It's saying, don't waste another second of your life. Don't don't push aside this this verse, this message, this life-giving message. You can start right now and get serious about the purposes of God in your life. Fulfilling the purposes of God in your life. Get serious about it. That's what this verse is saying. Don't waste any more of your life. Get serious about accomplishing and walking in the godly presence of God's characteristic. And secondly, it is saying not only to start now, this verse in Ephesians chapter 5 is saying to us, commit today. Commit completely. Understand what God wants you to do. Commit yourself completely and totally to God. Every part of you, every aspect of your life, commit it to the Lord and allow His good purposes to be fulfilled in your life this year. That's the request. That's what this verse is saying. That's what God is encouraging us to do. Engage. Don't sit back and allow the fulfillment of God's presence and His good gifts to come to fruition in your life. Follow these principles. Walk in them. Believe in them. Trust in them. Engage them. And let's see what God can do for us. Amen? Let's pray together. Those of you at home, join together with us today. Father, in Jesus' name, as we enter this new year, may we walk in this new dimension that you have outlined for us. May we step forward in faith and see when we engage these principles that we've talked about today, as we step forward, Lord, let us see the dynamic hand of God directing our lives. I pray this for every person. Those watching on their televisions or their smartphones or their iPads and those in the sanctuary. God, I just pray today that we would experience your presence in a powerful way as you continue to lead us and allow us to walk in your goodness. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people said, Amen and Amen.